Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is, what is today? Today is Thursday, August 11th, 2016. And our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. And I know I say that every day, but it really does. You know, we can sit and talk for an hour, but when you call in and you ask your questions, there are always someone else's questions, and we all benefit from the answer that's given. So if you have a question, press 1. It's not just for you. It's for everybody else that's listening. And if you want to stay anonymous, make up a name. Give us a fake name just so that we can call you something when we're talking to you. And so now let's welcome Michael. Michael. Maybe he's not with us yet. Okay, so I will just tell you then that you can go to our website, which is dot. Why again, it's W-H-Y-A-G-A-I-N-O-R-G. And in the middle there is a bullseye. And if you press the bullseye or up at the top it says start here. Both of those take you to the same place. And you can pick up the current worksheet that we call the wake-up sheet. You can pick up MP3s of the radio shows where we've walked someone through doing those wake-up sheets. There's just lots of information out there. And then we have the show five days a week, so you can ask questions so that we can support you. And I think Michael's with us now. So welcome, Michael. Maybe he's not. So I'll say welcome, Dr. Kim. I am. (laughs) I am just getting the list done. Welcome, everybody. Honored that you're here. Blessed, delighted. And... I, I, I just I don't know how to count as high as it takes to say thank you world, thank you Yeshua for what you developed and the opportunity to uh to take what you created in the first century and bring it forward in a modern language 
that simply gives people the tools to understand what's really going on. And, you know, if you're following the herd, turn around because the herd is going in the wrong direction. (laughs) It's just, you know, virtually everything we believe to be true in the world of hostility and fear, the exact opposite is what is true. And I mean everything from A to Z, everything. And when you start looking at the way it really works, then you start to reverse everything. Physically, mentally, emotionally, relationship, financial, in every direction. And so we're here to, uh, to support you in understanding how that works. I actually have sent a, um, a text to a gentleman that uh, had been in, I think, two of Susan Darnell's classes. And if you're out there, Susan, you might raise your hand, but two of his classes, and uh, he's talking about teaching the work. So I sent him a note, and he wrote back to me, and this is uh, for Suzanne, uh, Susan Darnell, Darnell, with help I received from Susan concerning your work with the laws of living, I've been able to function much better in my personal and professional life. The last year or so, my life has completely changed from illness and depression to laughter, love, and light. Hey, it doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. So, you know, it's just it's the result that when people apply themselves and move out of the fear filter, you know, you go back to Yeshua in the first century, they said, what's important? What's really, like, tell me what's really important. And the Greeks gave us a dull, plain vanilla, impossible to follow directive as the words coming out of his mouth. It says, according to the Greeks, or he said, love the creator, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, Vladimir Lenin says you can destroy a culture when you exchange the meaning of its words. Culture is transferred through words. Yeshua says the power of life and death. Death and life are in your words. They're not in your body. They're not in your drugs. They're not in anybody else's hands but your own. And when you start shifting and coming back into relationship with the eternal forces, as this gentleman said, depression and illness to laughter, love, and light. I mean, that's just that's how we're designed to live. And most people refuse to put themselves in an environment where they can touch into what they need to deal with and process through it. So our invitation is, Whatever you need to do, put yourself in an environment where you can start to process through the hostile and fear-based mind because Yeshua didn't say love your neighbor. The Christian didn't say love the creator. And he certainly didn't say as yourself what he did say. And I'm going to do the long form here. There is a power supply in your brain that if you keep it open and plugged in, every cell in your body will function with joy and aliveness. Your perceptions will be based in love. You will not love the creator. You will experience yourself as love. If you're not experiencing yourself as love, everything you've been taught is an error. Everything. And everything we're taught that takes us out of the presence of love creates a dis-ease. You know, when they said... The wages of sin is death. That wasn't some kind of theological threat like most of us have been taught. At least I was. Oh, God's going to get you for your sins. That's total hogwash. 
the result, you know, if you look at the term for sin in Aramaic, and we say this over and over, it's an archery term. When you fire at the target, you miss the bullseye, the scorekeeper yells sin. That's all. The wages of sin and death says, here's how physiology works, folks. Now, you think your rage is good for you. You think that, you know, getting in somebody's face is a good thing to do. You think your fear protects you. That's all a total, complete fraud and lie. Those things destroy your cells. They kill you. They're the only thing that can kill you. So what did the directive actually say? You have this filter in the frontal lobes of the brain. Keep it open. If you keep it open, as opposed to loving your neighbor as yourself, you will maintain your human life. You will maintain the presence of love in your physiology instead of all the crazy things that we've been taught to do. So maintaining, the word he used in Aramaic was rachma. Maintaining rachma keeps human life present in your form. So if you have, in essence what he's saying is, if you have any form of hostility or fear toward the creator, and boy, there's lots of that, especially in church people, especially in church people, then you've got to go into your physiology and forgive from your physiology, which in the ancient Aramaic, the unconscious part of the physiology was called the heart. You must forgive from your heart those things that you put into your brain's image of everyone else and you think it's somebody else's problem. Remember, when you think or speak as though something outside of you is the cause of something inside of you, then you're in denial and you dissociate from the cause that ultimately becomes the source of death in the human realm. When I stop thinking that all this hostility and fear-based thinking can protect me, save me, get me where I want to go. When I let go of that, and I recognize I have to start from ground zero and go back to being in a connected space of love. Now, when you do that, all sorts of things are going to start to move in your physiology. Be in the space of support where you can work through those things, where they can come up and you can work through them. Healing is not Dr. Feelgood. Switching this game around is not Dr. Feelgood. But you can move from illness and depression to love and light and joy and laughter because love and light and joy and laughter are your natural state and have never gone anywhere. It's only been covered up by the hostilities and fears of the world. So Yeshua says maintain Brahma when you think of the creator, when you think of self, or, or neighbor, pardon me, and neighbor means anybody that you think about, and if you do that, then you will maintain your human life. You will be functioning as a human being. So that's what we're here to support. And I don't care what your disease is. I don't care what your symptoms are. I'm not interested in what your symptoms are. Do you function as love? If you don't, to the degree that you don't, your body's diseased. That's all. What do you need to process through in order to function as love in every one of those circumstances? All you need to do is forgive from your heart everything you put into your brain's image of your brother that you think is, belongs to everybody else. It's a huge piece of work. 
because we are so far down there. I mean, look at the last two, three, four, five thousand years of non-human history, and I mean non-human. They look like human forms, but there's no human life alive in them. Look at the history. Look at the the slaughter, the murder, the the rage, the divorce, the abuse, the craziness. That's in our genes. And when you recognize it, all you need to do is allow that Pandora's box to open, be exposed to love and clean it out to return you to wholeness. Now, how long will that take? As long as it takes. When they said to Yeshua, how many of these damn worksheets do we have to do anyway? Is is seven enough? In Aramaic, his response was, no, 77 times 70. You will do an infinite amount of work till you're finished with your issues. And you, if you want to do that, you better put yourself in an environment where you can get support for doing that. Because if you're in the environment of the standard, normal world, you'll get support for staying in your hostility, your fear, your rage, your guilt, your grief, your pain, your drama, your trauma. And we're looking to reverse that. That's what Mind Shifter support groups are. If you don't have one, create one. And that's where the supportive energy is for opening and moving through those energetic patterns. Jeannie has a four-day where she's going to create that environment coming up in September. Women healing women, looking at women's issues. We're actually going to start on Monday with a nine-day, why is this happening to me again? You want to make a shift? Put yourself in an environment where a shift can happen. On Sunday. We're going to do total fresh, or pardon me, on Sunday evening, yes. And there's space. We're going to have a small group. We haven't been on the road last year, so our, our intensities this year are pretty tiny. <laughs> so if you're ready and you want to delve in, put yourself in an environment where you've got support. The food has just been awesome. And the space is, I think, exponentially increasing in the power to create support for healing. So we'll start at nine-day, why is this happening to me again? And we'll cover a whole range of workshops. We'll do why is this happening to me again, healing through relationships, communication. Did you hear what I think I said? Purpose, personal power, and commitment, empowered to heal, mind shifters, hands-on energy, field work, still point breathing. Nine days. Very intense. And then we'll take a day or two off, and we'll do a three-day personal code evaluation training. Then we'll take a day or two off, and we'll do a 16-day laws of living, which is just one of the most awesome gathering some material that you've ever heard of. And so Jeannie tells me we've got two hands up. And I know Dr. Tim's going to say, well, let's go check with people. The hands up is one of them. Uh, what is, what is um, Susan Darnell's 919, I think? Let's say hello to our no, caller. Susan, Susan's not on there, but we have a 910, and you're on the air. I think that this might be one of Susan's people, though. It is one of Susan's people. Uh-huh. I didn't know Susan had people. That's cool. Susan's got people, and I'm one of them. All right. Who are we talking to? This is Terry Mann. Hi. Hey. Oh, hi, Terry. Nice to say hello. It's nice to hear your voice. What's exciting and happening in your world? Uh, oh, it, it is amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm very excited. Um I have two questions. One, I heard you say something about a four-day intensive for women. Yes. 
When is that? Is it on Genie, your website? September. It's on the website. Genie is September 15th it starts up in Michigan, up in uh, just outside of Lansing, Michigan, it's, Williamston. It is. It's in Williamston, which, uh, and it, we begin at 5 o'clock on Thursday, September 15th, and it goes to 1 o'clock on Sunday, September the 18th. And we have space for four more women to stay residentially and six more women to uh, commute. Okay. My, my other question is asked, okay, so I'm, I'm doing the long living for the second time. Right. And I think I, I know am the so answer. excited about the impact that Susan is having on that community and the work she's doing with people. It's just monumental. It is. It's wonderful. Uh, what is the difference between the replicate minds and the personal code? Okay. So the replicate mind, it, it, it's the mind of the so-called body. You know, if you look at your computer, and there's information in the computer, all the computer can do and, of course, there are a thousand variations on the theme. But all the computer can do is generate screens of information based on the information that's in the computer. So it might generate a screen that says 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And then it might, it might generate a screen call where it goes 9, 8, or 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's, it just replicates what's there in a million forms. And that's all that what we call carbon-based memory or the body's mind can do. It can just replicate you know there's uh, the example i use sometimes is you know the old saw that says that uh to the to a hammer the whole world looks like a nail and so you know the hammer's going to hammer at things it's just what it's going to do the, the replicate mind is going to play out whatever's in it you know today the hostility might appear to be about joe and tomorrow it's about mary and the next day it's about harry but it's just hostility and if that's what's there then it will replicate it will once the replicate mind develops a skill, it will forever hallucinate scenarios that make that skill useful and necessary. So somebody who's, you know, goes for the belief in war, you'll notice that we had a war here and then we had one there, we had one there, we had one there, and, and there was always a reason. So once you got a hammer that looks like war, you're always going to find somebody that deserves to be hit with that hammer. That's all the replicate mind can do. That's why we should take our military decisions totally and completely away from the military, the people based in fear and hostility, and bring it back to people whose minds are connected to love and aren't living in the replicate world. So that's it. It just replicates. The personal code is the personal set of rules that are structured into your replicate mind that your mind demands that you follow no matter what certain circumstance shows up so so in the in my personal code if i hold that you know a certain event happens and i fly into a fit of rage i watch myself go into rage and i'm embarrassed i'm saddened i'm sickened by my rage and i say to myself well that's it i am never going to rage again but the next time the stress is up and the chips are down if i haven't gone in and changed my personal code then I'm going to rage. I'll do it against my own will and choice. That's one of the reasons why we do that personal code evaluation to give people specific feedback on where the holes are in their personal code so they can patch those holes 
and develop the skills to make choices that actually change the personal code. So the work really at its root is about changing the personal code, which is content in the replicant mind. So, so in, a, in a certain circumstance, if what your power person did when the stress was up and the chips were down was rage at you, you can say, I'll never rage, never rage, never rage. I'll never rage again. But the replicant mind contains rage. And under certain stressful circumstances, it's going to replicate rage. What's in the personal code? So forgiveness empowers you to go into the root of the personal code, remove the content that's there, and structure new information in. Does that fit for your question? Can I answer it? Yes, I think so. Um, it's, I'm closer in that. Say that again. I, I didn't hear your last sentence. I said I'm closer anyway. Okay, cool. Yeah, it takes time to build the brain cells. Yeah. Thank you very much. Delighted. Any other way we can support you? That's it for now. Thank you. Okay, well, the next time you see Susan, give her a hug for us and uh, and our congratulations on what she's doing in Wilmington, North Carolina. It is absolutely awesome. And by the way, if there's anybody in Wilmington, I think you've only done one session of the new Laws of Living, right? Right. You've you just one done one so far. So, yeah, so if there's anybody in Wilmington that wants to do Laws of Living, it's done in an eight-week. You know, when we do it here at Heartland, we do it in 16 days. But she's doing it in an eight-week series, and you could connect with her and still get into that class, and she could catch you yeah, up personally I, on the first class. So. Yeah, I did I did it last year, and I'm doing it this year. Awesome. Delighted, Terry. Yeah. Anytime we can support you, please call and let us know. And and or the uh, the openings that you experience and the successes you experience, we'd love to hear it. Call us and say, ah, this is what changed for me today. I will. Thank you so much. All right. For Delighted. All Blessings. Do. Take care. Hey, glad to be on the team. Glad to have you on ours. Well, you know, the wonderful thing is that I believe this since I was a little girl and I was connected to this as a little girl and couldn't understand why my parents thought differently. And it's so wonderful to get new connections to yeah, we all came in with it. It's totally, completely natural. It's the knowledge that, you know, the adult world says, oh, you know, that's utopian thinking. We can't do that and shuts the child down until the child finally buys into, oh, I guess it's utopian. We can't do that. The truth is we can actually live as human beings. We can actually live as love in our lives. And the whole game changes. Jeannie and I, you know, one of the things we do in our off time is watch films. We were watching a film last night done by a young woman who, who calls herself a liberated woman. She's uh, in the culture. She's a filmmaker. And and we're sitting here watching this, and, like, at every turn in her, you know, she's going with a married man, and she's going with another single man, and she thinks she's liberated, and she thinks she's got the world by the tail. And she's in such suffering and trauma and pain, and she doesn't have a clue. And Jeannie and I are sitting here looking at each other like, oh, thank God we're doing it differently. Ah, but it's natural. It's in our DNA under the surface. It's interesting in the Beatitudes. The first word of each of the Beatitudes is Tuvehun. And Tuvehun in Aramaic speaks of a latent neural structure implanted by God to guide us to happiness and well-being. Laws of living is about activating that neural structure so that that's at the root of the output of our mind rather than the drama and trauma and insanity of the world. That's the whole game, and making that shift is a monumental piece of work, and that's what it's all about. 
Thank you very much. All right, Terry. Blessings. Jeannie, you've got another caller? I do. It's area code 905. Oh, wait. Yeah, 905, you're on the air. 905, Hello? give us the name. Where are you calling from? Is that, is that Michelle's voice I'm hearing back there? It is. Hey there, young lady. Welcome. Well, thank What's exciting you. in your world today? How can we support you today? Well, I could use a little advice. Um, How can we support you? What's up? Yesterday, I had two occurrences. One was I had a phone call from my insurance company stating for the fourth time that they haven't received my disability claim form and my payments will stop. Well, mm-hmm. it's long story short, again, it's been sent, it's been faxed, they can't read it, but they got it on record that they got it, but they can't read it. So right. I'm going to send it again, So, which I did yesterday. But what happened is the lady was very kind um, and everything on the phone, but when I got off, it really upset me, and I started shaking. Okay. Okay, so let's start right there. Let's let's start right there. Remember our definition, and this is a, a, a difficult one sometimes to get a hold of. Remember our definition of denial is when I think of something outside of me as the cause of something inside of me, then right. I hide cause and I can't change cause. So did it upset you really? No. What happened is inside I went into fear of not having money. Right. That and that so it brought up all your old fear. It brought up my old, all my old fear. What an awesome gift. Yeah, so it did bring it up. So I was aware of that happening. And So um, now you know precisely what you need to be forgiving is your fear, right? Right, my fear. Mm-hmm. At the time, and... Then there was another, I, Renee came into the house not too long after that because we were doing the dog right. training. She came uh-huh. in the house, and she got as far as to where the TV is. There's a new TV there. She saw it. And as soon as she saw it, she started raging. Oh, you're not, you didn't listen to me again. And I, like I said, she was just raging to me about that. And I sat Mm. here and it it took me back and it made my feelings come up a feeling being beaten up again and took me back to mom and dad's house. Right back to your common power person, right? Right. And then... I was going to their place for dinner before I went to dog class. So I'm over there, and it continued because I, she started going after, like, again, at me, right? Right. And I'm trying to be calm, but I, how can I say it? I wasn't sure what to say, so I said right. nothing at all. Like, I, I wasn't, mm-hmm. she's very quick and fast and I couldn't process right. fast enough. And in my Just head... Just like the power person was. Right. And I was trying to think, okay, what do I do here? And now 
in both situations, whether it was the fear or feeling beaten up, mm-hmm. I would be trying to go to a place of love and peace and go to the front of my brain to Rachma for love and peace to keep me centered. Right. Is what I'm trying to think of, but then I verbally yeah. couldn't get anything out. It, does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah. So so here you are, and, and I acknowledge you for being conscious enough in being to recognize you need to maintain your center and the presence of love and where to find that gateway while all kinds of other stuff is being resonated in your physiology and carbon-based memory. Right. So, so then what worksheets did you do? Well, I did one on both fear and being beaten up. Okay. And what was the goal that you identified? I want, well, the fear. I want that fear or, or not to worry about money problems. Or okay. Not to so, worry about so notice, problems. yeah, so notice the focus on, is on what you don't want. Right. And when you put the focus on what you don't want, because you're an energetic being, you create what you don't want, money problems. So, right. so remember that really take note when you do the worksheet. And number three, it's the constructive result. So what is it that you really want? What's your goal in that situation? To get the information. Car- to, um, go, go ahead. Oh, to get the information to the insurance company. So that you are financially secure, right? Right. So you want to shift your focus to financial security as the goal rather than having money problems. Okay, right. It's a really, really important shift. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be the place to do those worksheets. And then the other one on fear, you know, it sounds like that's the fear around the insurance company, but it sounds like the more important one perhaps is the power person dynamic where it's kind of interesting uh, knowing your family fairly well that your power person was dad. Yeah. And mom kind of played a similar role uh, when she would be stressed. Yeah. And now here you've got decades later, your daughter coming around to you, and she's being, by and large, raised by your parents. And here yep. she is, has the same power person dynamic and goes into exactly the same behavior as your dad did. Yeah, she was telling me. She said, now, I'm telling you, next week you are going to walk the dog and you're going to go here and you're going to go there. And I said mm-hmm. to her, okay, <laughs> I cannot do that. It's over 100 degrees here. And she said, I'm not telling you. And if you don't do it, I'm not helping you anymore. You can drive, mm-hmm. you can walk to the SPCA mm-hmm. and I wasn't how could I say I'm trying to keep myself centered and she's right whatever she's talking but I couldn't come back and say anything fast enough so I was quiet right. and mm-hmm. then I was getting beat up I felt for, because they were saying well you're being quiet like when we got there everybody's like well can't you even talk everybody took a shot mm-hmm. at me yeah Take a breath. Mom Take was breath. like, yep, I was taking stuff over to Renee, Renee, and I asked Renee to pick up the rest. And mom started, 
well, I don't see what the big problem is now that you got this stuff while we're renovating. So and, take a breath. Right. Take a breath. So what was the goal you had for your daughter? I, what was the goal you had for your dad as your power person? What was the goal you had for your mom as your power person? To speak to, to you and treat and, you lovingly, gently, and with respect? Yes. Yeah, yes. so that'll be the goal. Notice that breath that just slid through there? That's where yep. the processing happens. That's where the healing occurs. So that'll be the key, uh, and that'll probably be your 77 times 70 worksheet issue, is to work with that goal in step three, and step five, cancel the goal for your daughter, for your spouse, for your dad, for your mom, to speak to you and treat you lovingly, gently, and with respect. And as you cancel those goals, that you know that remember the goal is a driver. As you cancel those goals, that collapses the part of the mind that puts all of your pain into your brain's image of them. Right. And as you're able to access that pain directly, which goes all the way back to very early childhood with your power person, you begin to dissolve that pain. And that pain, when it comes up, it's been going on for you for so long, unresolved, that it's created all kinds of aberrant uh, energetic patterns in your brain and all kinds of challenges. As you cancel the goal and drop into that part of your mind with love present, you'll dissolve all of that. And then there won't be the confusion or the pressure of, I can't figure out what to say. You'll just naturally be in a connected space of love, and you'll be able to say, you know, sweetheart, I love you, and it sounds like you're really in your rage right now, and I'd really like to support you healing your rage because, you know, you're a young girl. You you don't need to be doing this. You should be living in a, a sweet, loving presence in yourself rather than this rage of, you know, thinking you have to control everything around you in order to be safe. Because she's shooting for safety, too. She wants people to respect her the same dynamic as you do. And she's followed the path of your power person, her grandfather, your dad, yeah. of trying to get respect through rage. It'll never work. Mm-hmm. But she's going to have to heal that. And as you get centered and heal, you know, and this might be, as I say, your 77 times 70 worksheet issue, as you collapse into that and heal that confusion and pain that you've had all your life around the way you were treated and spoken to, then you'll stand in that space of love and you'll be able to gently open a space for her to shift and change because she doesn't need that. Right. And this is where I went off track to when she dropped me off. I felt bad and I said to her, Renee, I'm sorry. I need you to know I love you. I want to be a part of your life. And I'm sorry if I've hurt you. I just feel like every time I'm with you, I upset you or I cause you hurt or pain. And I'm sorry for being such a bad mom to you. I love you. I don't mean to do that. Yeah. So notice that you've taken on. So remember the other day we were talking about blame as your your issue? So this is all self-blame, that you would apologize because your daughter is in her rage 
is your self-blame. Okay. And so healing that self-blame in yourself, you see, as long as you're feeling like you're in blame, you're to blame, then you're in your own fear and it just reinforces her fear that's at the root of her insecurity and her need to rage. Okay. In no way, shape, or form are you responsible for your hurt, her hurt. What you did is you bought a television. Like, what business is it of yours? That's right. all you did. Nothing for you to apologize for. No apology needed whatsoever. But what that triggered for her is her work. And as you let go of your self-blame, as you forgive that, then in that space you will stand as the active presence of love, and that will assist in in her beginning to dissolve her rage and getting free of it. Okay. And that'll change everything. Okay, great. And one other thing with that, what also my feeling that you said, you know, I should maybe talk to her and say, Renee... I can't forget your exact wording, Mike, where you mentioned about Renee, about your rage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just talk. offering that, you know, notice, just kind of step back from your mind for a minute, Renee, and just notice that you're raging. And, and you're a young girl, that you should be in fun and aliveness and love. You don't need to do this stuff. Of course, she's had it well modeled by your grandfather right. and your mom. Uh, and so it's just become her pattern. And as you can gently help her to become aware of her pattern, and, you know, she doesn't know that she can do it differently. What is she, 17 now? She's 18. 18. So she's been brought up in in so much, you know, well, her drama life. and trauma. Yeah. So so she doesn't know it's possible to do it differently. Right. And, just and you like can teach her that, that now. Now I have to get up the strength to say that to her because for me to say that to her just sitting here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, brings up a lot of fear it brings up a lot of fear because I, she's yeah. just going to go on the attack and more rage with me yeah so then you get to look at the next level of your fear and you get to forgive your fear until you're just centered in love and that's all and when you're centered in love Love leads, needs no defense. Love needs no protection. Love needs no justification. It's just a space of connected love. Yeah, and when I you're there... And say those words to her. And mm-hmm. even if I set the phone right now to her to say it, she'd either hang yep. up or I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, and well, that's her, that's her... What happens is, you see, you're violating a goal she has for you. And her goal for you is the same goal that her grandfather has for her. Obey. Do what you're told. She's taken that whole game on, so in, in your space, it's obey and do what you're told. So when you say that, you're not obeying. You're not doing what you're told. So that's going to, for a while, bring her stuff up. But she has no brain cells to make a different choice. Right. You can help her build the brain cells by just being centered and brave enough to to just speak it and speak it lovingly and gently. You know, I don't know if you've heard me use the example, but let's imagine that I have two plates that I put on the floor, two little saucers, and in one of them I put a pound of hamburger, and in the other one I put an ounce of gold. Now, if we bring your dog into the room, the dog has a choice. The dog could pick up the ounce of gold, go out to the grocery store and buy 1,500 pounds of hamburger, 
or the dog could eat the pound of hamburger that's on the other plate. Which choice is the dog going to make? Well, the average dog's going to go for hamburger, but if it's Rufus, he's going to go for the gold. <laughs> well, I doubt it. I suspect he'd be going for the hamburger. But <laughs> the point is, the point is, every dog in the world would go for the hamburger because they have no brain cells to recognize that they could buy 1,500 pounds of hamburger with an ounce of gold. They don't understand right. that. There's no, there's no comprehension, so they can't make that choice. If you were to be able to teach your dog the value of an ounce of gold or any other dog, there's not a dog in the world that would eat the hamburger. Right. Every dog who had the brain cells would pick up the ounce of gold, walk out and go to the grocery store and buy 1,500 pounds of hamburger. But you can't do that if you don't have the brain cells. Right now, your daughter doesn't have the brain cells to recognize that she's given up her human life. She's given up the active presence of love in her to play her power person dynamic out. Yeah. And as you gently speak to her, and you're willing, you know, you'll you'll perhaps take some flack. But, you know, if you just let yourself take the flack and yeah. stay centered, stay connected to love, you're safe. And as you speak those words to her, there'll come a point where she'll go, she, one, she'll watch you under fire, and she'll go, wow, is it really possible to just stay in a loving space while somebody's blasting with rage? Mm-hmm. And that'll open a space in her mind over time where she'll go, wow, you mean I can actually do that? And once, she, once that door is cracked, then she'll start to shift and move. Okay. Yeah, that, that uh, speaks volumes to me um, because, like I said, I just sat there quietly while the sharks were in the room. I didn't know how to respond, and I was trying to keep myself centered in love. Good for you. My friend. That's a practice. That's a practice. I just didn't verbalize because I didn't know what to say, and the only thing I did verbalize was at the end where you said I did put the blame on me. So you don't deserve to be blamed. You can let go of that. There's no deserving of blame for you. Okay. And I got to, whether... My parents are there or not. I've got to speak up lovingly with everybody when they're in the room. That's it. That's it. Sit there silently. Take that space that I find in my brain and verbalize that. Yeah. And you don't have to verbalize it. Just being in that space is all that's required. They can badger you and you should be doing this and you should be doing it. And you can just breathe. To stay connected to love and let them do what they do. Yeah. And, you know, once you do that, you get to a point of safety and security in doing that. And when you do, the people around you start to heal. You know, a couple of years ago, we had a young man who came here who, uh, I mean, he was living in terror and trauma because he had tumors in his spine. And they had actually electrocuted the nerves in his spine while he was awake trying to stop the pain from the tumors. He's taking five methadone a day, and he arrives here in a wheelchair. This guy was former military, about six foot five. You know, I could tie both hands behind his back and tie both feet, and I could have my arms and legs free, and he'd have me taken down in two seconds. (laughs) That's the kind of training that he's had. That's You know, I mean, I wouldn't have a chance. And 
that summer that he arrived. And I mean, he was like, I can't travel. I can't know. I can't do that. I don't know what's going to happen. What if I, he went through about four huge layers of rage. And I mean, rage. Two of them pointed at me coming at me. And what I did is simply move forward and put my arms around him and hugged him. Now he could have literally with his pinky finger, knocked me over. He, six weeks after getting here, was jogging up the hill at Heartland. And it's a steep hill. Isn't that amazing? And he went back home, and for the first time in 10 years, he was able to go into the gym and work out. All that has to happen is for that stuff to surface in the presence of love, And the whole character and nature of the energetic impact of what we're holding changes. But most people won't put themselves in that environment because they're like, oh, no, this is uh, this is too precious to me. I have to keep my ability to struggle and fight and all that stuff. You know, that's like, okay, as long as you need your trauma and your drama, hang out with it. But so. There will be people who will flare up in front of you when you choose to function as the active presence of love. Right. Act as the active presence of love anyway. Okay. Okay. All right, sweetie, we appreciate you and love you, cherish you. I love you and cherish you guys. Thank you so very much for listening to me and your support. All right, you got it, 2,000%. Well, it means the world, and I'm still doing the worksheet. Awesome. Awesome. Good work, young lady. Good work. Well, thank you very much. All righty, sweetie. Bye-bye. Blessings. Okay, we have another caller. Ah. And before we talk to our caller, I just, uh, you know, the appreciation for for those who maybe haven't been listening to the show the last few weeks, Michelle's been calling and she's my niece and uh, it's just awesome to be able to be that space and support for her healing after what she's been through. I mean, she's been through brain surgery. Uh, I mean, on and on and on goes the list and she's just blossoming. It's yeah. Michelle. It's awesome to watch you blossom. Oh, I'm a poet. I didn't even know it. Oh God. Listen to the poetry I'm coming up. Anyway, go ahead. Let's talk to our caller, sweetie. You're on mute, sweetie. You mute challenge, son. We're not hearing the words you're saying. Okay. No, something happened on the switchboard. There you are. My my phone was on. Anyway, 847, you're on the air. Um, 847, just the name where you're calling from. This is Cindy. I'm calling from uh, the Chicagoland area. How are you? We're blessed and highly favored. How about you, Cindy? Awesome. Um, I'm doing pretty well. I just I have a question. Um, I've just okay. gotten back from a fabulous, I guess, vacation holiday trip on riding on motorcycles with uh, four other couples around Lake Michigan, and it was just it was really fabulous. I got to be outside cool. every day on the bike every day. Beautiful scenery, water, trees, everything. And then I come home, and this is not the first time this happens, but I'm just having this 
real sense of sadness that, like, vacation is over. And I remember mm. when I was young, like, early teens, preteen, like, actually literally coming home and, like, crying when vacation was over. I'm just, I'm not, I don't know if it's just having trouble, like, coming back into real life, quote, unquote, because it's just, I was having so much fun um, on the trip. So I'm, I guess my question is how can I, like, integrate that or how do I process sort of that sadness that I feel about um, having this wonderful time come to an end, I guess. Well, first of all, um, it's nice to hear your voice. We haven't talked to you in quite a while. And it sounds like maybe what's up for healing is – some of the issues that were going on in your household that you really didn't want to go back to, that vacation was an escape. And, you know, what was happening in your house that to go back resonated such sadness? So I'd be looking at what's the the internal energy that's being triggered here that goes back that far and what do I need to do to create as much joy and aliveness and fun and excitement in my day-to-day life? Because the excitement and the life expression comes from living as a human being. It doesn't come from being on a vacation or not on a vacation or, or having a job or not having a job or going to work or not going to work or having anything. It has to do with what part of you disconnects from love when you get home and what do you need to chase down in yourself, uncover and remove in order to be restored to love when you get home and to live in that same sense of aliveness. And what's the trigger that's at home that needs to be looked at. And, you know, perhaps it's not even there anymore now as an adult, but it sounds like it's still buried in there from childhood. Yeah, I think it was just a sense of, like, not, my mom had gotten remarried, and I would go on these trips with my grandma and other family members. Sometimes my mom would go, but most of the time I would go with my grandma, and I really didn't get along very well with my stepdad. I didn't like him. There were, like, a lot of rules and a lot of, I think it's about, like, responsibility of life, like, weighing me down. I noticed, like, this summer in particular, I work a lot. Um, and it just feels like, I mean, I was so happy to be outside. I mean, it's such a simple thing, but it's like I realize, like, I don't really go outside. Mm. <laughs> either working or in the car or in the house. So um, I think I do need to sit with that. And just even if it's like a little thing, like, oh, I went for a walk this evening or whatever it is that I do that might be outside that, that brings me joy. But those are some good things to, to look at for sure. Yeah, I'd be working from both sides of the fence. I'd be looking at what do I need to do in order to stay in the outdoors a certain amount of time because it is bring, does resonate so wonderfully for me. And then I'd be doing, you know, worksheets around stepdad and his rules and, and what the thought comes that how did his rules squash your spirit? Oh, <clears throat> okay. You know what? Thank you. That's very interesting because I have a job that's filled with rules that squash my spirit and I'm having mm-hmm. a hard time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe you need to get a job that supports your aliveness instead. I yes, I'm currently taking steps to do that. So um, mm, cool. I went to an employment agency and, and they hooked me up with some other things. So cool. And at the same time, you want to go in and do the internal work because if you carry that to a new job, it will sooner or later tend to turn into the same thing. So while you're changing the external circumstance, recognizing there's a problem there, I'd also be doing the work to go in and dissolve from inside of you, forgive from inside of you all of the sadness, the loss, the fear, the anger, the grief uh, around your losing your spirit in those early days with your stepfather. Okay. And I wonder, you know, the other thought that comes in kind of intuitively is that uh, I wonder if you watched your mom's spirit being squashed too. Oh, perhaps, maybe a little bit. Um, I wasn't aware of that, but thank you for that. It might be worth looking at, and if there is any of that, just you know, notice that that's what you carry inside of you, and you don't have to carry it anymore. You can forgive it, you know, piece by piece, let the whole thing go, and then whatever environment you're in, you'll bring an alive, awake, awesome spirit of love and joy to it, and it'll all be fun, in or out of work or in or out of whatever. Yes, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Cool. I'm going to go and do that. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Delighted to check in. We've been talking to uh, Carrie lately. And so the next time you see her, give her a hug for us. And uh, okay. awesome. we'll look forward to being in touch. All right. Take care. Blessings. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks. All righty. Lots of love. Blessings. Bye-bye. Well, Jeannie, do we have another hand or have we got the space to say hello to Dr. Tim? We've got about six Jimmy, minutes you left. Prefer. We do have another caller. Well, I know Tim's going to say go to the caller, but I'd like to hear what's happening. Let's take at least a minute or so and say hello to Tim and see what's exciting in his world. Well, I'm doing well. I'm um, enjoying the show, and I'm great to hear Cindy's voice, and I love to hear. I love hearing how people are using the tools and the progress they're making. So, um, we're, we have another group coming up tonight here in Crystal Lake. So I'll have more to say tomorrow about that, but let's check with our caller. Okay. Hi, Tim. Blessings. Jeannie? Area code 517. You're on the air. Who do we have? 517. Give us a number. Where are you calling from? I know it's Lansing, Michigan area, but who are we talking to? Well, it sounds like we're not talking to anybody. sounds like somebody's attention is turned away from their phone while they were waiting. And we'll give them a second to get back to us. Hello, 517, you're on the air. Well, looks like we lost them. I know sometimes the attention gets turned away while waiting to get uh, get on the show. So have we got another caller, sweetie? That, that's it. And we're down to about three minutes. Well, then let's go back to Dr. Tim and see if he's got anything exciting to share about what he's observing in practice or any uh, any bullet points to share with us. Well, the, the key thing that I was going to talk about today, if I had the opportunity, was 
how well the practice works. And I had a situation where I went into a session last night, starting at 8 o'clock at night, and on the way from the waiting room into my office, the mother of this 15-year-old said, well, I've got a few questions for you. And depending on the answer, this may be a very short session. And she just had all of this aggression dripping off of her words. And what what happened inside me was a silent chuckle. And I realized 20 years ago, I would not have been chuckling. You know, with twenty with twenty two years of experience in doing therapy, that still would have and did those kinds of things used to trigger fear and trepidation in me and get me defensive and you know have me in a position where I was trying to pull rank and experience because of twenty two years as a therapist or whatever. And because I've been practicing this work, I'm able to report that what came up in me was a chuckle and the immediate recognition that the person I'm dealing with is in pain and fear and as I addressed the pain and the fear I didn't have to get defensive so the longer I practice the tools the better I get at doing that the easier it is more it comes automatically and um, that's what I was going to talk about it's just that Day-to-day repetition, getting up every morning and thinking, okay, how can I extend the love today? How can I monitor my internal responses more today? What what can I forgive that's going to come up today? And just keep my eyes open and apply the tools. The Sometimes I say the ridiculously simple tools. Of take a breath, identify the goal, identify the emotion and the thought I'm using to create it, cancel that and the goal, and breathe and focus on love and watch what happens. So that's what I was going to talk about. That's what's been happening. Fabulous. Well, that input's from Michelle. There you go, Michelle. In a nutshell, that's it. (laughs) So awesome. Awesome. And we are down to the last minute or so, so I'll just say uh, thank you for your support and your input. And uh, everybody that uh, joins us, we appreciate you. If the show's meaningful, Pass it on. If you're ready to do another level of work, Sunday starts a nine-day. Why is this happening to me again at Heartland? And then on the 29th of uh, of August uh, till September 13th, we'll do a 16-day Laws of Living. So come and play. In the meantime, create the best year yet of your eternal life. It is an awesome gift to give the world. I choose to live more consciously, evolving Thank you for listening to MindShifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the Internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.why. A-G-A-I-N dot org.